Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Father, and the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Why is it that this familiar reading from Luke's Gospel seems to evoke so many memorable songs and quaint pictures in our minds? I know as a child, I remember... All of the images that I imagined, which probably were drawn mostly from European art during the Renaissance. If you look at a lot of the paintings and and pictures that we, we see and then we have in our minds, a lot of them are not quite what Luke is actually seeing. We see a stable like structure with the donkey and ox looking on. We probably see the angels above, and they're kind of in a feminine appearance, or maybe they're even babies flying (coughs) over the stable where Christ is born. And then below are the shepherds, and right behind them are the wise men. Well, I have no problem with this. And in fact, When you get to the centerpiece of those pictures, what is it trying to emphasize with the baby? It's usually glowing, that Jesus is giving off that aura of holiness and majesty. And so the artists are trying to depict in their European style what they see in their heart, which is great. But before we get to the extraordinary the Christ who is shining in his glory, we have to be sure first to understand the ordinary Christ that Luke sees. Before God reveals his extraordinary works to us in our lives, his glory, we have to first see how God works in the ordinary parts of our lives, the difficult circumstances of life that to us might seem like God is not involved at all. But at the end, the angels revealed this is all about God. And so we have to dispel a few thoughts in our minds, such as animals singing along with Jesus in the manger. No, it was actually there's no mention of animals at all by Luke. The angels hovering over the stable, well, Luke has them out in the fields, not at the birth. The idea that it's definitely a stable, in fact, the word that Luke uses could be interpreted three different ways. It could be a stable like we might picture. It could be a cave like you can visit in Jerusalem where they suppose Jesus was born. Or could just be a lower level of the house that they were staying in. The wise men arriving right behind the shepherds. Actually, that was Matthew that talked about the wise men. And they came something up to two years later. And the glowing baby who doesn't cry at all. Well, no, this was a baby that cried This is a baby that needed his swaddling cloths changed. And so before we get to that glory, look at how Luke portrays this as so ordinary. A message went out from Caesar Augustus to all the world that there was going to be a taxation. 
The Roman government needed to keep track of how many citizens of Rome there were and how many foreigners they were also going to include in their census. This way, they could keep their thumb on Judea and Galilee. And so Quirinius was in charge of Syria. And everyone was told they needed to get to their hometown where they were born and where their lineage was from. And so Joseph did just that. Joseph went through uh, his travels from Nazareth to Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. And when he got there, he couldn't find a place to stay, and his wife was pregnant. In fact, she was so pregnant that she was ready to give birth. And so they found a place finally where they could lay the baby in a manger wrapped in swaddling cloths because there was no place for them where everyone else was staying. You notice how ordinary this really is? (laughs) The ordinary parts of life like government taxation. I mean, who among us doesn't know something about government taxes? In fact, it's so ordinary to us, we count on it every year at April 15th. And the Roman government was no different. These are things that we count on in our daily life, that we have to pay taxes, that we have to deal with government, that we have elections, and so on. The Roman government was in charge. And this was a reminder to the people of Jerusalem, Judea, and Galilee that they were not in charge. It was that ordinary reminder that they could count on. What, what do you tend to count on when you leave church today? What do you count on in your life to be there? You count on problems? Do you count on income? Do you count on medicine? In all the things we count on in our daily lives, God had something that Mary and Joseph could count on And that was to go to Bethlehem like everyone else. And so they have the ordinary journey. In their day, a difficult journey. A journey for a pregnant woman on the back of a donkey. Ordinary, but very difficult. Traveling from place to place, how many days it would take them to get there. I remember how my mom used to help us memorize this section as a child. And she had a way of repeating the phrases so I could remember that he came from the town of Nazareth up to Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. She would point her fingers in all these different directions. And it reminds me of how this map that God had for Joseph and Mary's life took them all over the place, up and down, left and right, until finally they were in the place he wanted them to be. So how does life's detours send you up and over and through different experiences? And finally, the ordinary uncertainties that Mary and Joseph had to deal with. How uncertain this whole thing was. Dealing with a pregnancy. Even in modern medicine, we know that a birth of a child comes with complications and risks. It's, it's a life and death experience for a woman to have a child, even with our medicine. And in their days, 
How much more so? I read that there's a conservative estimate that in ancient Rome, out of every 1,000 births, approximately 25 mothers died and approximately 300 babies died. That means 2.5% of every mother that gave birth didn't make it. And that means one in every three baby that was born died. It was an uncertain risk they were taking. And add to that the travel on, through those bumpy roads on the back of a donkey till they finally get to the place they're trying to go and then there's no room for the pregnant mother. Uncertainty challenges us to wonder, where are the extraordinary works of God? Everything up to this point seems very ordinary to us, very difficult, just like our daily lives. And there were in the same region, shepherds, ordinary shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock. Every day, we deal with the ordinary. Planning for today, working tomorrow, marriage and family and problems, on into the new year. Until suddenly, and notice how Luke wants to get our attention, suddenly, behold, an angel appeared to them. And now God intervenes. We've traveled through the ordinary and difficult circumstances until God now breaks into the story with his heavenly angels to tell us there's so much more to see in Bethlehem than the ordinary. In the midst of all of those circumstances, there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. That baby who's crying who needs his swaddling cloths changed, who needs a mom and dad to take care of him, is in fact the savior of the world. And the world would float on by, never noticing God's extraordinary works if God didn't reveal them to us. The mother, the dad, the baby, blood, sweat, and tears, and yet God was working salvation. And like any difficult pregnancy, any difficult journey, any difficult challenge in life, there comes God's relief. The birth of the child brings relief, refreshment, joy, and wonder to that mother and that father and those shepherds. New life has come into the world. And the birth of a child is symbolic of God's work of salvation. That we labor through life, circumstances that seem out of our control, the government telling us to go there, pay that money, our own health facing its challenges and difficulties and risks, not knowing where we're going to end up when there's no room in the inn. And God says, I've got it. And hidden away there in the birth of that child 
out of the painful labor of our sins is Jesus, our Savior. And so they returned with gladness in their hearts. And so we return to our lives with gladness in our hearts, praising God, telling anybody that will hear, anybody that will listen, that despite all of the ordinary things they're dealing with, God's got something extraordinary. But you have to come to Bethlehem to see it. Amen.